0: Tonight, we welcome an old friend of mine and remarkable talent with a sharpie. Tonight, we welcome Danny Granger, former Elvis tribute artist and current official artist for the Doug Gilmore Authentic Collection. Danny, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The Doug Gilmore Authentic Collection.
1: The Doug Gilmore Authentic Collection. That will it- have been
0: a moment for you.
1: Well, right, because I'm a huge hockey fan. I'm a Montreal Canadiens guy, but whatever. We won't get into that. But but yeah, I thought it was um, somewhat of um, someone spamming my Instagram, to be honest. Well, we're going to talk a lot more
0: about it, Don't tell me everything yet.
1: Oh, I won't. It's very exciting. Danny,
0: thank you so much for being here with us this week. I'm very excited to talk to you more. Uh, You know we've known each other for a long time, but for the folks who don't know, I've known Danny, uh, actually my wife Shelly knows you probably better. Let's say yes. uh, you guys have known each other since you were an ETA artist uh, in Collingwood and all these other places that you would perform. My wife used to do stage management for these shows, so she knows you a little bit better than me. But then we got into the world of wrestling and we hung out at wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's just really great to see your trans, trans uh, transmorphish. What's the word I'm looking for? Transformation. English is not my third language, so I just keep whatever um, the transformation from when you started as an ETA, we were so young um, until, you know, today where you are the official artist for Doug Gilmore Foundation. I mean, just that's like freaking blows my mind. But before we get into that, I just want to say hi to Aurora. Um, and possibly we're going to have one of our other hosts show up at some point during the night. We'll see about that. But for now, hello, Aurora. How are you doing this week? Do you really I'm... want to say how you're doing this week? <laughs> I,
2: I... Great. I'm doing great. I, have, uh, I had a couple of days off and yesterday I went to a racing event called CSCS with uh, my boyfriend Andrew and uh, I spent uh, a good portion of the day outside, you know, in the shade, in the AC of a car, but uh, I spent an hour and a half in direct sunlight and I got terribly burnt. Uh, so moving a little bit slower today. Um, uh. It's been a long time since I've gotten... Burnt this bad. Um, I think COVID is a part of the reason for that. So it's just, I uh, have to be very careful.
0: What, COVID gave that. you sunburn? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like because we haven't been out and doing things as much and, you know gathering for different events and, and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of interesting. I, I guess I misjudged how how well I can handle the sun.
0: <laughs> yeah, you really got to lather up like every hour, every almost every other, every two yeah. hours or so.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. My, my mom used to say, if you use SPF 60, you do it every 60 minutes.
2: Yeah.
0: I
1: don't know, it yeah. doesn't make sense, but at least it puts sunscreen on me.
0: Actually, yeah. it kind of works. If you use 27, then you do it every 27 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. There <laughs> you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I need to buy the sunscreen 360. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, I hope you feel better soon. Hope you uh, you don't you know yeah. get too much pain. You can sleep and stuff because sunburns. I know they are um, the worst.
2: Yeah. At least it's like more on one side than it is on the other. Um. So I can sleep on one side a little All bit right. better than the other. But I'm super excited to get into the conversation today. Yeah.
0: Let's that. do that. Let's yeah. talk to Danny. Um. Danny, again, thanks so much for being here this week. I yeah. just asked you. Not long ago, and you said yes wholeheartedly, and I really appreciate it. So uh, there's so much to talk about, and I think what I like to do at the beginning is just, you know, talk about how our show is meant to help people. Um, we've gone through so we've had so many different guests from all different uh, backgrounds, and and so on and so forth. And your background is super interesting to me because you're you're so diverse, and what you've done. I mean, Sharpie isn't what I when I first knew that you were drawing with Sharpies, I had no clue what that was. I didn't have any idea. I knew you from singing. I knew you from performing. Um, so I was like, that is such a different shift for you, or for anybody, really. So let's talk about that. How did that start? You you originally were an ETA, which you again, I said you were very young. How young were you when you started?
1: Started singing at 14. So I came across um, a bunch of VHS tapes at my dad's place. Um, and one of them was Jailhouse Rock. And I put it in and I was hooked. I was just hooked, right? Like Elvis killed a guy with his bare hands the first twenty minutes of that movie, like, <laughs> right? And I was just like in a bar fight, like things crazy, nobody right? thinks about, things nobody right? thinks about at all. And why would why would I? Like I said, I was fourteen, so it was like the late nineties, like early two thousands. So there wasn't a lot of kids rocking black hair and sideburns, right? But yeah, I was hooked on Elvis. My mom met a guy named Bob Payne at the Sarnia car show get had a big 68 Eldorado. it's like purple with pink flames on the front it looks so cool right <laughs> and uh and my mom's like hey my son sings to me around the house he's pretty good at it one thing led to another and uh in 99 i entered my first elvis festival in brantford ontario and changed my life just completely changed my life for and, the best, uh, yeah or yeah well i don't know right i think so because i've had a really good life but Perfect. like it, but like if that situation didn't happen, I had no idea like what road I would have would have walked down, all because of that random VHS tape. So yeah, that just changed me forever.
0: It's amazing how one little so spark funny. can light this fire that just lasts forever, even to the point where right now, as I'm talking to you, you are in Collingwood.
1: I'm in Collingwood, like at the end of July, and I'm in Collingwood.
0: And the reference to that would be the Collingwood Elvis Festival, which is yeah. something you did for years. And even though it's not on anymore, you still migrate back there. It's in your DNA. We were just I think talking I, about this before.
1: I think so. It's a magnet attached to my hip. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right. Do you still sing? No. Like, well, like, I have two daughters, right? I sing to them a lot. Um, sing around the house. I do well, before COVID, once a year, I do a show for community living back home. So people with special needs. I've been doing that show since I was 15. They hired me every year. Even though I don't sing and I quit singing, I still, every year, I go back and I do that. Because it's just it's just so nice. Like, when you can look out and you see people who actually just love it. And, like, I'm not singing well. I'm not dancing well. I'm just having fun. We're all just having fun. And, and they're just looking at you like you're, you're just, you're just, like, brighten up their night. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's a really, really cool feeling.
0: Um, you say you, you're not singing well. I remember you singing quite well, if, if I may say so. Um, but do you have any memories from your time when you were actually performing that you thought, you know, this is what I want to do forever? Did you did you feel that was your goal in life that you wanted to do that? Or was that just something that you knew you wanted to do and have a good time doing for the time being?
1: Yeah, I was just having fun. Right. Like because I was so young that. You know i had a bunch of buddies who were doing it and um all my buddies were older because they're elvis guys right so i could see that none of them were actually doing it for a living if you know what i mean Hmm. so like i wanted to entertain and i wanted to be around people i didn't know if it was going to be singing or you know acting or anything like that it turned out to be art later on but um yeah i always knew i wanted to entertain though but not necessarily sing
0: now it turned out to be art later on. Does that mean that you weren't really doing anything with the drawing until that was all well, over? Or I
1: spent always... my ch- I spent my childhood drawing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I spent my my childhood drawing um, drawing hockey cards and hockey logos. Really, it's like I had a couple posters on my wall of um, goalie masks, and I would draw them constantly, and just try to replicate the mask and try to do this and try to do that, and um there's a cool story about that maybe we could talk about it later on about goalie masks but um, yeah and that's what i did I, I i always loved hockey and uh elvis those are my two my two things but we couldn't afford to sing to play hockey my mom could afford black hair dye once every six months and uh and that's so that's what that's what we chose really yeah. basically that's how the elvis thing happened because it wasn't financially it didn't cost us a lot to do it's so sad
0: that financial reasons are the reasons why so many people don't follow their initial career paths. It's, I mean, I think everybody can probably say at some point, except for super rich people, um, that they are limited in life and options based on their income and and what they have to go through. Uh, But you always make the best of it, right? Just do what you got to do. Still have fun. Your attitude is spectacular. I mean, we talked about before we signed in, I was like, you're going to doing this from outside is it bugs. He said, like, no, there's no bugs. It's nice. It's breezy. It's beautiful. It's like, everything's great. I love that as it should be. Yeah, man. Cause I mean, right now I'd be outside just like swatting at the bugs. <laughs> Cause you know, there's gotta be something out there anyway. <laughs> it's fine out here. Awesome. Um, so the transition, I was making notes earlier about what we were going to talk about. And I, am kind of broke down, you know, ETA and then wrestling, and then drawing and I'm trying to put in my mind that correlation in what's that one common passion that you have that draws those all together and first thing you say about Elvis is that he killed somebody uh and then of course hockey which is a big important thing to you which is you know uh, I believe your brother is an enforcer in the hockey world so you know there's that right and then there's wrestling so it perfectly makes sense to me now (laughs) you just love people beating each other up i mean that's really what it comes
3: down to wow
1: i love people beating each other up but not for real i know that's you know what i mean like that's the thing i don't want to see people actually get hurt and like even like hockey enforcers you you can get hurt hockey fighting you can get hurt but you're on ice right so your leverage and the force of your punch isn't as hard as if you were like boxing right or an mma Plus, you have your helmets and your gloves a lot of the time, so it's not really that big a deal. And, and we all know
0: trained equally to defend against it. And...
1: Exactly. There's a code, right? Yep. Like you're not going to sucker a guy or, or a gal or anybody else. And uh, and wrestling, well, we all, we will We all know about that, right? So you're going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So no, I just because like I don't like mixed martial arts. I don't like UFC. I I like old school boxing, but I don't like new boxing. I don't like that kind of violence, I'm not really a fan of.
0: Yeah, I'm, it's funny you say that because just the other day I was at work and I was explaining wrestling to some friends and like, oh, you must like UFC. I'm like, no, not at all. I I don't like seeing people really get hurt or trying to punch themselves. So I, I get this weird vibe of when I start seeing real violence. It's like, nope, nope, not for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. So I like that you say that too. And that's why I like wrestling. You can kind of – you know they're trying to take care of each other, right? Yeah. You know that – the violence is a show it's all just a they're trying to have everybody have a good time right and the more outrageous the better and sometimes there's some crazy stuff but at least they accept the risks going into it yeah, how did you sure. get wrapped up in that world because i know you know a lot of the guys in the wrestling world
1: the wrestling world's a weird one right as you know um i was always a big fan of professional wrestling since i was a kid right so it was always a passion of mine and then when i got to high school I met up with a couple guys that you know as well. I met up. So I went to high school with Joe Dog Hallam and Jeff Black. Oh, so. So we went to high school together, us three. And of course, when you go to high school, I grew up in Godrich, So, you know, we had 400 kids at the high school and then, So if you see the other kid wearing a wrestling T-shirt, well, hello. Right. You're going to become instant buddies. And I became instant buddies with those guys. And Jeff, ever since we were in grade nine. So he was in grade 10. He's like, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. He knew from the get-go, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I said to him foolishly all the time, well, I'll practice with you, right? You could throw me around. We could do whatever. And then we and then we started doing, like, some backyard wrestling stuff. And uh, where we grew up, there was a lot of barns, right? So we did a lot of fighting in barns and uh, did that kind of stuff. We had a, it's called VCW. And we just fooled around with that, you know, cut off my earlobe. You know, just, you know, oh, stupid what? kid stuff in the late 90s. Yeah. Stop sign to the head. Then it slipped. Um, but you know, stuff (laughs) stuff like that. Um, sorry guys, my daughter's trying to open up a freezy with a fork. Oh, if you can do that, that's okay. Yeah, she she wants to come and say hello if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, but um, so that's how I got that's how I got interested. There he is. Yeah, he's gonna share that. I pulled it up, it came up a bit too quick. I'll show it again in a second. All right, so why don't you go get some scissors? You want to say hi to everyone? Hi, hello. So this is Lily. This is my oldest daughter. She just turned seven on the 20th. So we just had her birthday.
2: Happy birthday. So so they
1: said happy birthday. Okay, say goodbye.
2: Bye-bye. See you later. (laughs) See ya.
1: (laughs) Um, So yeah, I got involved with those guys in high school. And then, um, of course, you go out to college and stuff like that. And things change a little bit. Jeff Black.
3: So there's Jeff Black right there for anybody who's
0: wondering what kind of character is, is hitting you on the head with a stop sign.
1: So we even... Like, he was student council, like, spirit rep or president or one of those two. Like, we even did, like, wrestling at the assemblies. Like, I I remember I made this T-shirt and I got, like, fabric paint. Like, I had, like, a chest like the rock and all this kind of stuff on it. (laughs) And I remember, like, we jumped off of ladders, like, onto boxes. And I remember one of the things was he piled. He gave me a pedigree onto a box, right? But the box didn't soften at my neck. So, it like, I couldn't breathe. So he runs up the ladder and he says, push the ladder. So I pushed it, but I pushed it a little hard because I think I was a little pissed off at him. (laughs) And and then he had this pile of boxes and he just missed them. (gasps) He just fell right on the school floor in front of 400 kids in our high school, right? So he looks at me and I was like, okay, good opinion. We know nothing about wrestling. Like we shouldn't have been doing this. For all my wrestling friends, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) sorry, 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 (laughs) right? Like we shouldn't have been doing it, right? So I was like, okay, dude, I don't know what to do. Like, I thought he broke his back. I honestly thought he broke his back. And of course, he's not going to play it up. kayfabe, right? Mm-hmm. So then he goes, no, rock bottom me. I was like, oh, dude, do it. So I pick him up I give him a rock bottom. I pinned him. We left the principals chewed us out so bad. Oh
3: my goodness. And
1: then Jeff just walked in. He goes, what's wrong? They're like, oh, cool. how are you walking? Okay. He's like, it's wrestling, right? <laughs> So the principal's like, oh oh, 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 never mind, guys, never mind. So they're like, yeah, that was all planned. The way it went down it was all planned. We left that day, went went like right to his mom's house, put ice on his back. He yeah. Was oh. that's, so but,
3: that's the thing.
0: As a wrestler, you put up with so much pain. And yeah. And you can just, you have to play it off. Like you said, kayfabe, you can't let the audience know that there was an injury. You you play through it. You don't let the world know how, how bad you're hurt. Yeah, it's so like that like, was a lot of entertainment.
1: So that's how I got involved with those guys. And then. Of course you don't. Know, you get in your 20s and you know you start talking to girls and you kind of disappear about wrestling for a little bit right and then when i got a little bit older and you know got married and stuff i got back into it and um and then i went to super kick wrestling in toronto which is my favorite organization which i've taken you and your lovely wife to.
0: yes we had
1: a good time at that and um yeah i just got in with those guys too and and my art my art opens up a lot of doors when it comes to any organization so and it's all about respect right so you can easily become friends with a lot of those guys or a lot of people in that kind of business with just respect
0: yeah that's what it's all about that's so important especially especially in the wrestling world yeah as we know especially the wrestling I mean respect goes a long way in any business of course but uh in wrestling the whole foundation it's like that's I think one of the biggest things when COVID first hit is Everybody shakes everybody's hand. And, you know, the first wrestling event I went to, nobody was shaking hands. You could tell people still wanted to because that's part of the respect. You walk around, you introduce yourself to everybody. And, uh, yeah, it's a
1: pretty big, pretty big deal.
0: All right. Well, I'm so happy that we yeah. did that super kick, too. That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, I told you you'd like it.
0: Uh, I do. And I want to go back. <laughs> we haven't done that yet.
2: I'm curious, like, because uh, you're saying you're into the wrestling world now, um, is it, like, I'm just trying to figure out maybe like how you're involved with the wrestling world. Do you go to see lots of shows or?
1: Uh, yeah, like I I go to every Super Kick show. So Super Kicks in Toronto, it's once once a month. I became friends with those guys, but I've done two charity art shows um, called Art and Wrestling. So I've done okay. them with, with Super Kicks. So I get all my artwork and I hang it up at Super Kick Studios. And then the guys put on wrestling matches at the end. So after we did the first one for Sick Kids, the owner of Superkick, Chris Chambers, him and I became just extremely close when you go through something like that for such a you know amazing cause, and we're both fathers, and it meant a lot to both of us. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and then I'm on a permanent guest list as Superkick, and my ticket's just giving Chris's wife a hug every time I go in. So yeah, that's how I got in with those guys. And then, you know, it's like Brian said, the, the wrestling world's a small world. Right. And once you're you get, well, they call it green light from the wrestlers, but it's the same thing when it comes to people who work behind the scenes. Right. Like Shelly and Brian. And I'd say even what I do is I work behind the scenes because I go to student shows and I'll be yelling at the bad guys, cheering for the good guys. Right. (laughs) I'm always yelling at the ref, telling him how to do his job. (laughs) And you need those people in the crowd, right? That's all part of it. Right, oh, yeah. so wrestlers
0: like, feed off of that as much as they feed oh, off of their opponents. They, they need
1: it, and they need it, and especially when the refs see it's me, and especially student shows because they know I'm friends with all these guys. They're like, "Oh, he's probably right." You <laughs> know, what I mean? like, like, yeah, why, 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 why am I not counting as a guy's punching the other guy in the corner? You know what I mean and stuff like that. And but that's yeah, that's really how it got evolved in my artwork. My artworks reached a lot of big time wrestlers that have really been good to me, you know, treating me like not just um, not just a fan or a mark, but actually a friend. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: uh, that's a really cool feeling.
2: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've also mentioned a couple times, like throughout this conversation that a lot of the events you're you're involved in are involved in some sort of charity. Um, And like giving back to the community in some way with you know, the sick kids. Uh, before and and, and all of that. And I think that's, that's really awesome. Um, How do you get involved with these, uh, these kind of uh, charities? And um, what inspires you to, to kind of do that?
1: I'm, uh, I'm really blessed. Like, I'm, I'm extremely blessed that I, um, that I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I was raised by a mom who she raised, Two of us and my stepsister, um, you know, on one income a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't have much. Right. But we, you know, had, of course, everything we needed at certain times in our lives. And then but my mom was always the same way. Like she'd be working a full time job. And at night she would just go and like pack a box of the soup kitchen, like and stuff like that. So I always saw it as a kid that, you know, if you have something you can do, that's not really financially costing you anything because i don't have a lot of that right but i was blessed to have a talent where people want to buy my art and when they do if they if i can use that to make money for things i believe in then i'm all about it plus you know it's it's great exposure for doing good things right and and you can't you can't buy that exposure and that's a lot of things that people don't get like, you know, the, you, you, like you're a musician and stuff, and you say, oh, I don't want to be paid in exposure bucks. And that's true. Like, I'm not going to do a guy that owns a bar downtown a painting for free, right? But if a hospital gets a hold of me, and they say, we want to do something that we're going to put up, you know, one of the rooms, I'm not going to charge them for it, right? So, like, it's, a, it's one of those situations. So, like, I always just, if I can, I try to do a lot of charity stuff, you know, it bugs my wife sometimes, but it's a good no i I respect
0: that and i can see how if you were to do something for a charity event i I just again most of the work i've seen you do is through the charity stuff that you do which in my brain shows the value of your work which in a consumer's brain raises the value of your work
1: well it's you can't put a price on art that's the thing right like you something could be worth a million dollars to some person and i wouldn't even buy it for five right so yeah. with with art you got you got to build your brand right and um yeah, and stuff like that helps and it's something i believe in so you know it's always going to come through
0: well i love your art you know Thanks, i've got buddy. one of your pieces hanging full time in my home uh, i made the mistake once of saying it was only hanging in winter and christmas time and shelly immediately corrected me it's up year round <laughs> it's yeah. a santa claus and cuz he knows how much uh, my wife loves christmas so Uh, that was really nice drawing you did for us so how did you end up just using sharpies because that's pretty much what you do right
1: yeah um well it's a really cool story that i started i i took a plumbing apprenticeship back home in Doddridge. so this was eight years ago and um so my wife now she's my girlfriend at the time was living in toronto so one day i woke up and i wasn't really liking the plumbing apprenticeship it was for a buddy but i was like you know what this is going to help my future something i need to do so Sorry, not one sec. Yeah. Uh,
0: if you don't mind, your mic is rubbing on your ears oh, ears quite a
1: bit. Oh, yeah. sorry, buddy. No worries, I just better? want to make sure everybody
0: can hear you well. Thanks. Yeah.
1: So I did this plumbing apprenticeship, and it was like the second week, and I just wasn't feeling it, but I was feeling good because I was celebrating my one year of sobriety. Oh. So I had one year without a drink. I woke up, I had that pep in my step, right? I stopped. I got myself a coffee. I got to work. I got to the shop, and they looked at me and said, oh, we partied last night. We had a rough night. So just, you know, stick around the shop for a couple hours and clean it up and then head home. I thought, okay, whatever. Right. It's a good day for me. I'll spend the day to myself. Um, But I had to clean up empty beer bottles and puke and beer that was spilled on the ground. And this is my one year sobriety. Right. Like I just I felt so defeated, like so defeated. So I got home. I was just in tears. I called my girlfriend. I go, what do I do? Well, like what? What can I do? She wasn't here. You know, I was like, what can I do? And she's like, well, you used to draw a lot when you were a kid. So why don't you go get a sketchbook? I was like, well, that makes sense. I'm near dollar ram. I'll just go grab something. So I'm looking in my pocket and I have $2. That's it, $2 to my name. I go get a sketchbook. I get home and I realize I have nothing to draw with. So I looked down at my work bag and there was a Sharpie. So I picked it up. I started just goofing around and it didn't really do anything, right? It was just. He just goofed around to sharpie, and then uh, of course the first thing I drew was Elvis, and then I was like, "Oh, you know what? That doesn't look too bad, right?" And then one thing led to another, and I kept doing it. Um, and so I was doing that, not liking the plumbing apprenticeship. Was like a week into it, my wife gives me a call and says, um, "We're pregnant, and we're going to have our first child. So you need to decide what you're going to do, bud. <laughs> right? Wow. Like we need to figure this out." So I was still in Goddard at the time, and I went into the plumbing shop that day, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to tell them I can't do this. I don't want to. The people I was working with, it was a really, really toxic environment. It was not the people who owned the business, but just the trades, right? And the trades back in a small town are a lot worse than they are in a lot of places. And there was a lot of, like, derogatory comments that were always made, not towards me, but, like, if I heard the fag word one more time, I was just going to lose it. Right. Just stupid, stupid, childish, dumb, dumb stuff. And so I wasn't feeling good about it and stuff. So I go and I said, hey, buddy, I need to talk to you. I sit down in his office. He goes, oh, good. I need to talk to you, too. He's like, what's up? And he's looking at me and like, he's weird. He's like a little off. And I'm like, this is weird. And then all of a sudden to see a tear go down his face. I'm like, what's up, bud? He goes, I'm going to have to let you go before I said a word to him because I'm going to have to let you go. I go, oh, why is that? He goes, well, we don't think it's working out. We thought, you you know, we want to hire someone with a little bit more experience, something like that, blah, 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 blah. And I looked right at him and said, hey, he goes, what? I go, my girlfriend's pregnant. Oh. And he just looked at me with these big wide eyes, and I go, thank you. Thank you. Because you made this decision really easy for me now. So I gave him a big hug (laughs) because I went to high school with this guy. He's actually one of the guys that, like, kind of, you know, got me into Elvis too. He's a big Elvis fan. So I gave him a big hug. He gave me a big hug. We parted ways, and I said, I have two months of rent still paid up, but I need to eat. What am I going to do? I was like, I'm just going to draw. So I started drawing. I put up some pictures um, on my Instagram, and people were digging it. And a buddy of mine said, hey, can you draw my girlfriend and I? I was like, I'll try, right? I'll try. And he's like, sure. So I did it, and he's like, I love it. He came over, and he handed me a $20 bill and a $10 bill. And i still have it at home and that was eight years ago the same 2010 and he goes thanks buddy i appreciate it and i looked at it and i went i think this is it there you go i think this is it
3: awesome.
1: yeah and so it always tied together then with my sobriety because it was the thing that i felt that i really needed to kick me you know like to just bring me back up right my self-esteem was really low and being an entertainer for so many years, people tend to really like you when you're on stage. And when you come off stage, they tend to really like you. But then when you don't have that anymore, you don't have that feeling of just adulation or people, you know, appreciating what you do, right? And I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't appreciated for anything. So when that guy looked at me and handed me that $30, I'm like, it wasn't a lot of money to him. It was a lot of money to me at the time, right? But it was more the like it's just started everything. Mm-hmm. And then a month after that, I did a drawing of the Iron Sheik. And then he retweeted it, which is really awesome. And uh, his exact, oh, I won't say his exact words in case it's a family friendly show. <laughs> no,
0: but
3: you he can say
1: it. <laughs> yeah. He's like uh, the Danny Granger draw the Sheiky baby better than a fucking jabroni Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> what he put on his Instagram. And then like that just, I just, it from there on, I went, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Perfect. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick to this style. I'm not going to lie. I borrowed the style from a mutual friend of ours, Brian, Mr. Marcus Wells, because I have two of Marcus's paintings in my house. So Marcus did the same kind of style with a high black contrast and everything. And I always loved it. Well, that's why I bought two of his pieces. Um, And yeah, he started doing it. Then I just kind of saw the style and I really dug it. And one thing led to another and Yes, yeah, here we are.
0: Well, I'm sharing some of your work here. I've gone to your website, Danny Granger Art, and uh, I'm just going to scroll down here. There, here we are.
1: And probably a bunch of old stuff on there. That well, top, that top one there. Mm-hmm. So that that is the Bren machine gun girl. There's a bar in Liberty Village in Toronto called was called Locus, and it was where they made the Bren machine gun. They made artillery and ammo, and that picture was taken in that building. They asked me if I could do this painting for them. And I said, sure, no problem. They're like, I have the canvas. Was well, that cool? I'm like, sure, no problem. I showed up to the restaurant. And the canvas was five feet by 10 feet.
2: Wow. Oh, my gosh.
1: And the biggest I've ever did at that point was like 16 by 20 inches. Wow. And they're like, that's... can you can, can you do this? I'm not going to say no. Right? Yeah. So that, that painting right there. So that's black acrylic with some gray and some gold. And that's 10 feet by five feet. So that's a painting.
2: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And
0: just your, your work is just very contrasty and very dramatic. And to think that you're doing all this with, uh, with a Sharpie.
1: Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff, Sharpie, a lot of the stuff. Like when I do big pieces, I like to do acrylic. I think like the Sharpie is a cool thing when it comes to like, oh, um, it's a gimmick, right? Yeah. It's a gimmick. And oh, it's it, unique. But it's my gimmick. Like don't get me wrong like a lot of people look at it and they think banksy or they think you know like spray paint stuff but i want to just try to keep it in that in that style even if it's not with paint i want to just do that i want people to look at something and go hey did danny do that right so that's that's, that's kind of how
0: i feel about my photography too though
1: yeah 100 percent. you know you want
0: you want to be a little bit different you don't want to be the same as everybody else and you know cookie cutter kind of thing so you try and find what makes you unique and It's awesome that you found this. Uh, I think I found the Elvis work that you did. I'm going to share this here. Of course, why not do Elvis? I mean, he's such a big influence in your world, right?
1: Oh, well, yeah, just in my life in general. And it's such, you know, it's such a popular, popular image too. Yeah. Um,
0: I think everybody should search your work and just some of the stuff that you've done for the art and hockey. uh, I want to talk about that as well, because that's another big charity that you've worked with. Um, it's just, I love that you're able to use what you love to do to not just help yourself, of course, but to help other people as well with your charity work. Um, I just want to touch back first on your experience as an apprentice. I did the same kind of thing, believe it or not. I was an apprentice electrician and my father wanted me to get work and he got me a job. I hated it. He literally walked me into an, an electrician's office and said, hire my son. He wants to do this. I didn't. Um, so I was an apprentice electrician for a while until I saw my needle nose pliers explode in my foreman's hand. And then I was like, okay, this is not the job for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a scary profession. They end up make, make, making me go in, you know, sorting um, nuts and bolts in their basement and carrying concrete. And it's like you say, when you're in an environment that's just not good for you, it's yeah. toxic, as you said. Uh, it, it's definitely not a place you should stay. So I'm glad you found your solace in art. I'm glad that you were able to, you know, do that. Is that what you do day in and day out?
1: What's your full time? It has been, um, well, it's been weird, right? The world's been weird. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like I've managed, uh, a home hardware in Liberty village in Toronto for six years. Um, and then COVID hit and we had our youngest daughter, uh, it was October. And then the COVID thing started in March. So, you know, my wife and I just came to the decision. I was like, you know what? Let's just focus on my art full time because I can do it from home. You know, I could be a stay-at-home dad, live the dream, right? And just do my art. And um, we were humming and hawing about it because, you know, financially, right? Hello, right? There's no steady paycheck when it it's comes inconsistent. to yeah. entertainment. Yeah. So, you know, we are humming and hawing. And then all of a sudden, I get a message from 93 Marketing, which is Doug Gilmore's marketing company. All right, tell us um, about this. Tell yeah. us about your connection with Dougie Gilmore. Well, this is where it all started. Like I got this, his wife's been following my art for a while. Her name's Sonia. So she's been following my art for a while. Because you know, I've tagged her. Any drawing I've done of Doug Gilmore, of course, I'm gonna tag anybody who's related to him, just back in the day so he'd see it. Right? Or hopefully see it. Right? Mm-hmm. So I tagged his wife in something once. She commented a lovely comment on it and started following me. So six, seven months go by, and I get a message from 93 Marketing, a guy named Jeff. He goes, hey, Danny, this is Jeff. I work for Doug Gilmore, Shane Corson, Darcy Tucker, all these hockey players. And Doug's looking for a new logo or clothing line he's putting out. And he was wondering if that'd be something he'd be interested in doing. So I put the phone down, I looked at my wife, and I was like, this can't be real right like, yeah. like I'm like right I'm like okay it's, it's real and they're gonna say hey do a drawing for us we'll give you 50 bucks and we'll exploit the heck out of you right it basically what you know so my wife's like say yes no matter what just just say yes we'll see where it goes right what are you out you're out a couple sharpies and a couple of, you know three four hours of your day so just, just say yes so like yeah I'm, I'm on board I'm down what do you want to do so they're like we want to do a drawing of Doug from behind with his jersey tucked up because he always had his jersey tucked into one side i said okay if that's what you want to do let's let's do it so i still thought it was iffy so i did it and i i spent a lot of time on it right i nitpicked it and went over it like crazy and then i get a message from doug's wife after i sent it to them saying they love it they're like we love it we're gonna we're gonna do something with it they paid me they offer me royalties on whenever they use it and they're like you know what let's do it So I'm like, okay, right? So I'm like, cool, great. And all of a sudden, four months goes by, nothing. Six months go by, nothing. So I'm like, okay, I got played. Hmm. Right, I got played. It is what it is. I got paid for the drawing. We're fine, right? Cool, whatever. If they don't use it, they probably found someone else. So no problem. And then nine months go by and I get a message and all of a sudden, boom, Doug Gilmore Authentic Collection and the logo is my drawing and it's right there. And they're like, all right, Dan, we're going to do shirts, we're going to do hoodies, we're going to do hats, we do all this stuff, and your logo is going to be on everything. But we also want to do a shirt with just your drawing on it. Are you okay with that? I was like, yeah, like, I'd like to okay it before you put into production, if that's okay, because I've never done anything like this. I didn't know how to handle it. So exciting, though. So exciting, though. So exciting, right? So I was hoping, I was like, I hope they don't, like, do my drawing and, like, a big blue maple leaf behind it with a big 93 and make it look all tacky. And you know what I mean? Just weird. And they sent me the proof and it was just a gray shirt with my drawing on the front, my signature. That's it. And I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I approve that. I, yeah. I'm good. That's awesome. that's yeah. So it was just, and that's what gave me the confidence. Like, so that happened. I registered my business. Like, I, you know, made Danny Granger Art an official business and, you know, started paying taxes on it, doing all that kind of stuff. And it just gave me that boost to be like, you know, maybe I can do it. Like, maybe my art can be something that I can do full time for a career. And it was that that little boost by the Gilmores that really, really helped. And it opened up, well, of course, his name and in, in Toronto or Canada in general is just, Massive. Oh,
0: yeah, of course. I mean, right. that's my era. That's when I was watching the Leafs. That's when I was um, watching baseball and hockey and all the things Toronto was doing amazing at, and, you know, 90, 91, 92, 93. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, this picture I'm sharing here, is this the logo you're talking about?
1: No. So, if you go to the shops.
0: Go to the shops.
1: let little instance. At the home. Let go down to do right. So you see those shirts and everything there. I think mm-hmm. oh Doug Gilmore Killer Gear, I think it's what it's called. So if you see the oh there we go, keep going. So my logo, so there's the ah, shirt right there. So that's my drawing on the shirts. So Come and all on. the and all the rest have the logo on it, which is just his head. But yeah, so that's my drawing right there on the shirts. So every time one of these shirts sells, you get a royalty for it. I get a ro- I get a royalty every time anything sells with that drawing on it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna, he. I'm gonna buy yeah, one. He, yeah, he just <laughs> yeah he just came out with a new hat last week and uh, it sold out in two hours.
2: Yeah, well, and it's got, my, it's got my it's got my wow. logo
1: right on the side. Yeah, like it. Let's be completely honest, it's not a lot of money, right? But like that's not the point. Even if it was a couple cents, it was still like there's money coming in from something I've already done, right? That I could just let come in, right? And as an artist, you don't get that luxury too often. It's true. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I want to do. Like, I would love to now strike a deal with all these guys that I've met and became friends with and uh, hopefully do that so I can have a couple, you know, sticks in the fire that we can be getting a check every month from a Doug Gilmore or a Mike Palmaty or Shane Corson or something like that. Right. So, and I hope, you know, it's been going well, the sales were going well, everything's going well. So yeah, it's hopefully helps me open up more doors. Well, good luck with that.
0: I know it's going to happen for you. I'm super stoked for you, man. With singing and with drawing, they're very creative endeavors that you do. Of course, the passion for wrestling is there anything else that you've wanted to try? Is there anything else that you thought this would be a really cool, creative thing that I'd like to give
1: a shot? Glass blowing. I don't, oh. I, yeah, I've been, there's a, there's a glass blowing place near my house and I walk by it all the time. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know why, but I just think that would be cool. Like pottery, not so much. You know what I mean? Like I've wanted to do like sculpting. Cause now, you know, like draw faces a lot. So sculpting might be a, a really cool challenge for me. Um, but yeah, glass blowing is something I, I think I'm going to do it next year. I'm going to sign up for a course and I'm going to just try it.
0: Have you got Netflix? Yeah. Do you, have you watched blown away? Yeah. Okay. So a, that, that sparked times. me thinking yeah. <laughs> I should try that too. Until yeah, the, think it the looks pieces cool break. I mean, you spend hours on this amazing piece of glass blowing and all of a sudden it just falls and smashes into a million pieces.
1: Yeah. I couldn't I'll handle be, that heartbreak. Yeah. no, I'll be pissed, but just think about the good feeling it is if you did it though. Do you know what I mean? And then patience, because that's the thing. I don't have patience, and I think it's gets one of those one of those skills where you have to have patience. Like you have to take your time to do it. You have to do it a certain way. You can't half-ass it. Like you have to you have to do it, yeah. right? And that's something that I really I want to yeah I want to try to get into that. But I don't uh,
2: disagree with that because you spent hours on, on paintings and and drawings and stuff like that. So there's there's patience for. yeah 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 (laughs)
1: yeah, there's some there's some but it's it's like i can't write like like when i like you can i look like a doctor when i write right just without the money and um but i could draw faces so like for me it's more it slows me down like i've had adhd since i was a kid so like the drawing helps slow me down but i can you know when i draw i'm in a different world though right like when it comes to. Like you said having the patience to actually uh, i don't and this sounds cocky like i'm past that like when it comes to worrying about drawing certain things now you know what i mean like i i'm pretty confident if i get myself a really good image that it's going to turn out well right um so I like they're not... that
0: with photography just so you know yeah well, <laughs>
1: and i don't mean in a cocky way like there's just if i get to choose the image that makes it a lot easier
0: well, you know what you're good at. You know your skills. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been doing and it a have my enough.
1: And I have my style. Right. And that's the thing, right? Like, when you can find a style, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like, it's like any art. Mm-hmm. It's like abstract art and stuff. There's, there's a lot of art I just, I don't get. I'm just not a fan of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I just, and it is what it is. I went to an art market two weeks ago. My cousin had a booth there. And I've always wanted to do that kind of stuff, but it's just not my thing. And then I saw a guy doing portraits, and they, they didn't look like the picture. I'm not saying they were bad, because art no art's bad and no art's really good, right? It all depends how everybody wants to look at it and how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy said he was doing a pointillism portrait that took him 60 hours. And that blew my mind, because I know there's no way that took him 60 hours, right? I've done a lot of portraits in my day, and I know there's no way that took him 60 hours. But then I thought to myself, if that took him 60 hours, how much does he have to charge for that drawing?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, you would have to charge a ridiculous amount of money for that drawing. So, that's why, like like I said, I like to try to keep to the style that I have now because I know how long it can take me to do.
0: That would right. be a $7,500 uh, drawing for, if it was my drawing.
1: Well, it would have to be time-wise.
0: Yeah. yeah. $150, right? bucks, $125 an hour minimum.
1: And you can't. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> like, like I have a hard time selling drawings sometimes for ninety bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just how it is.
2: I I have a question because this has kind of been sitting in the back of my head since I saw some of your drawings up on the screen. I uh, I was immediately reminded of the style of a tattoo artist from France uh, that does like these like retro contrasty kind of tattoos and 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 stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of artists like. From my experience looking online and and that kind of thing, who uh, after a while of being in the art world have kind of like transitioned into tattoo art because it's pretty lucrative. Have you ever considered you know something like that?
1: <laughs> I, I think there's enough pressure doing it on paper for somebody.
2: Yeah, that's true. You, too. Know, you
1: know what I mean, and I I would I would just I would feel really good like if I did a portrait on someone, it looked really nice. It felt really good. It was their grandmother or something. You feel really good, right?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But if you messed up on somebody and you mess that's up good. on their skin for life, I just, I I don't want that pressure. I have a bunch of tattoo buddies and uh, I wouldn't want that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I get why people be so finicky about it because it's on your skin for life.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And uh, yeah, oh, no, I don't think that's something I do. I'd want You'd to
2: consider, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. that. Yeah, I just, and it's
1: not, and I don't want to, I, I like doing it from home or I like painting outside. Like I, I want to start doing a lot more live paintings now that things are open up a bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I did a, a live painting at Bottom Line Sports Bar where I did art and hockey. This is where the mask thing comes in. I was doing a painting of three goalie masks. So it's Felix Popman, Mike Palmatier, and Grant Fuhrer. I was doing all their Toronto Maple Leaf masks so I set everything up at the bar I got my easel set up I got my posters my business cards and I'm getting ready to paint I sketched it out first I was going to paint it there so I got all these three masks set up and I look to my left and I see a guy walk in And I was like oh huh, that dude looks familiar right I look at him again he looks at me he gives me the same look My brain starts racking right how do I know this guy where can I relate him to is it wrestling no is it Elvis no must be hockey Right. So I related him to hockey because it was this hockey sports bar too. And then I realized it was a gentleman named Greg Harrison. Greg Harrison is a goalie mask, mask designer who has most of his masks up in the Hall of Fame. So we've talked online before. So he comes up to me and he goes, Danny, I'm like, Mr. Harrison, right? It's a pleasure meeting you. And he goes, What are you painting? And I looked down at my painting oh. and I went, Two of your masks? Right. And, And he looks at me and goes, oh, well, that's great. But I'm like shaking. Right. And then I'm putting two and two together. The man who painted these masks originally for these hockey players are is the same man who painted the masks that were on my wall as a kid that I used to emulate hours and hours and days and days drawing as a kid. And he's standing behind me as I'm painting one of his masks. And I'm just Talk in about a full awe. circle moment right there. Right? And it was like an aha moment where I just turned around, I looked at him, and he goes, yeah, Danny, when I did this mask, when you're coming over here with this line, you know, he wanted me to do this and this. And he's telling me the history of this mask, Felix Potvin's mask, that I drew as a kid 100 times, 200 times easily. Easily, that was a poster on my wall. I drew it hundreds of times. And here I am painting it with the man who painted the original mask over my shoulder telling me history and the story behind it. That's and so and cool. yeah, and the reason why I did that mask was for art and hockey, which was for sick kids. So if I didn't do that charity event for sick kids, that situation would never happen.
0: There you go. So that's so important. I mean, all the work that I've done with Barry Wrestling, all the wrestling photography I've done, I don't get paid for what I do. I do it because I enjoy it. And then and they to, appreciate it. And they appreciate it, exactly. And to have that. Feedback and that kind of um, respect from it is important, and for that respect yeah. to turn into a future, a financial future, dude, that's perfect.
1: Yeah, man, like that. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a very cool moment for me. He even came to my art show too. He yeah. came to my art show. He showed up. He signed a painting for me after I oh. finished it, and and we became good friends now. And he's he's like, why don't you come to my house and I can show you some stuff. And so him and I are gonna do a painting together of Grant Fuhr's Edmonton Oilers mask. I'm going to do the black and white and he's going to do the blue and orange and we're going to do it together.
0: That's pretty oh, that's cool. cool.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do that hopefully next month or so. So oh, I'll, I'll keep that. you guys up to date on that. So yeah. Cool. yeah so excited.
0: your daughter uh, came and said hello to us. So yes. my daughter just came and said hello. Hello. <laughs> Oh. hello she's on her way up to her condo so
1: hello.
0: <laughs> maybe moving not. on up yeah <laughs> to the east side there you go dicks yeah. <laughs> all right she makes an appearance every once in a while awesome. all right well danny man this has been a lot of fun i can't thank you enough uh before we get to the next three questions that we close our show off with aurora have you got anything else you'd like to ask danny
2: yeah i mean we talked about it very early in the conversation about your experiences uh you know singing as is- Elvis uh, for many years. Um, uh, I don't know if many people know this but i'm like super into like 50s rock and roll it's like a regular in my uh in, in my playlist so i listen to it all I the time i didn't know this uh so one of my favorite things was um actually one of my main requirements to going to to vegas was i needed to get some pictures with some elvis impersonators yeah um and uh i i think that's really cool uh do you have any cool stories or uh you know uh that you might want to share something memorable from your times this uh you know doing these shows
1: from the elvis the elvis world <laughs>
2: yeah
1: um there's been a lot of uh yeah there's been a lot of moments there's been a lot of really cool moments there's been some sad moments there's been some angry moments like anything right yeah. but i remember when i was 16 i sang a friday night in the stage of collingwood and back then the Collingwood elvis festival so this was 2000 was massive like the world's biggest, Ma- massive, right? Yeah. So I hopped on this stage at 16, and there were 17,000 people watching, literally on the street. You can look out, and you see heads, and then black, and then heads, right? And it's just insane. So I'm up there. I'm all nervous, of course, right? And I sang a song called "Mama Like the Roses," which is a song Elvis had on his Christmas album. The reason why I sang it is because it was my mom's favorite song, right? And I'm a huge mama's boy, so shout out to you, mama.
3: And uh, <laughs> yeah, so
1: I went, I went up and I sang that song, and you know I was proud of myself. It went, it, you know, it went okay and stuff like that. And these group of bikers came through the path, and they just started walking towards me, walking towards me, and they were, they they were pretty intimidating dudes. Like the people there were mostly older people that like Elvis, right? So that mm-hmm. was the demographic. So these bikers came up to me. and This guy, he had, this, you know, bald head and this long goatee, and he goes, "Hey, are you the boy the same moment like the roses?" I was like, "Yes, sir, that was me." And he hugged me, and he hugged me, and he hugged me so tight, and I could feel him like, like shaking and quivering and stuff like that. I'm just like, and then he stopped me. He grabbed his hands on my face. So, you know, chubby kid, right? He puts his hand on my face, and he goes, "That was my mom's favorite song, and she passed away last week." So he goes, oh, I knew God. I knew that was her saying that I should be here because why else would I be here? And then oh. he was just tears were rolling down his face. And then he gave me one last hug. He looked at me, winked, did the whole and then walked away. And I was just standing there just in complete and utter awe. And uh, that's that that was a moment that I'll I'll share for the rest of my life. Because it, it, it went
0: looked, uh, a little bit like this picture that we're sharing right here.
1: At that a point. little bit. That was that was a little older. I didn't age for a lot of years until I had kids. Then I aged
0: drastically. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment though. Uh, this is when I, I saw you perform. This is one of the shots I had of you back in the day.
1: Yeah. So that was at stage West.
0: That's where Shelly was a stage manager. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's where Shelly was a stage manager. Always keeping us boys in line whipping us into shape. <laughs> and, 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 oh, all, oh, like, like, and it's, I love Shelly dearly, but she's intimidating. Right. So like because when she's telling you to do something, she's telling you to do something. Right. And all the yes. guys always felt that way, too. And it was great because she'd always make things go well. Because it's, you know, <laughs> I called it um, toddlers and sideburns, like toddlers and tiaras, <laughs> Be- because it's the same thing. Like you watch that show and it's the exact same thing. But instead of the moms, it's the wives. Right. And Shelly didn't put up with shit from anybody. She's never been who she is, right? So she always made it go so smooth. She always treated me a little differently though. Like she always she kind of babied me a little You're bit like more. You were like her
0: like her kid brother, like her like yeah. her son, right?
1: Yeah, she babied me a little bit more than the other guys. But <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. It's always a great time. But that That's yeah, awesome. that was that was one moment that was yeah, that was really, really big that I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh that must be so amazing anytime you do anything with any of your kind of art when you can you know touch someone so deeply with what you've done uh it it really means means a lot Um, yeah there there's
1: there's no better feeling in the world and it's like and that's what i got with the, the music but that's also what i get with the art right like when i get to do a custom portrait for somebody or someone who's passed away and you get to give it to their family and, you know, they open it up and it's just like it's just it's instant tears and you can't you can't fake it. You can't provoke like you can't. There's nothing. It's just you look at someone open it and it's just that it feels so good. Mm-hmm. It just feels so good that you could do that for somebody. I did a drawing lately. I I lost a friend. When we were 14 here in Collingwood. We were actually on a, a skiing trip and he had an accident. Uh, we lost him at 14. And all these years I've just, I think home constantly. And, um, his youngest brother reached out to me and said, Hey, Danny, the anniversary coming up. Um, uh, will you do a drawing for my mom,
3: mm.
1: my brother who passed? Of course I said, yes, right. Of course I yeah. said, yes, I'd love to. And as soon as I signed the, the drawing and it was done, it just felt like I went from being sad for 20 years to just being happy. Because I felt like I could give back to his mom. Like, this is a way I, c- I can never bring her son back by any means. You know, I can always offer her my support and give her a hug or anything she needs, right? But this, is like, as soon as I signed it, I just felt like a sense of, like, he was with me. It was a way I could give to her. And um, she has it in her living room on this little stand that she looks at every morning when she has her coffee. And it always makes her smile. Aww. Right? And, uh, yeah, like I said, that's... Cause you don't make money. Like you don't make money with art. You don't make a lot of money with art. You don't make a lot of money with music. Um, but that's not what it's about. Like it's no, about this that. Is, this it's is exactly about what it's raw about. emotion. Yeah.
0: This is why we do the pot. I'm just sitting here digesting all this. And, and this is exactly why personally I wanted to do this podcast because it means something to us. You know, like you're doing things that mean something that you're giving to somebody and that makes you feel good. This is what makes us feel good. And we have to do those things. And as a creator, to be able to use our brain and our mind and our creativity to generate this kind of um, positivity, I'm going to say positivity instead of money or whatever, general positivity, bringing other people up. That's so important because- there are so many forces out there just bringing us down Yeah, uh, for us to be able to use what, let's say, God gave us and uh, and be able to bring some positivity to the world. So important, Danny. Yeah. So important, man.
1: Yeah, it's good for everybody. It's good for everyone around you, too.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, you do a podcast as well, don't you?
1: I, I help my brother-in-law with a podcast. He started a podcast um, during COVID. Uh, he was a professional hockey player. He played um, in the OHL and the AHL. He played overseas and he played one game with the Buffalo Sabres. And he was a hockey enforcer. So he's a tough guy, a fighter, named Sean the Sheriff McMorrow. So he started he started a podcast and he had me on. I was a guest on his fifth episode. And I went, you know what? He's taking this seriously. He's good at it. Um, Idle Hands is the devil's playground. So I like that he's keeping busy. So let me see if I can help him. And then I went from helping him to being the producer of the show. And then I went from being the producer to the show to being his management and producer to the show. And um, we've just been, we're at 135 episodes now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, We've talked to a whole bunch of, yeah, thank you. Yeah. We've talked to a whole bunch of different people, which is awesome. Like not just hockey players and hockey enforcers, but I've been able to meet a lot of cool people in, 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 you know through my art and through my music and just through the walks of life so we've had on a lot of interesting people um like we've don cherry came on which is cool he doesn't do podcasts but um yeah yeah, so that was cool my brother-in-law played with him with when he owned the mississauga ice dogs so he had Mm -hmm. a lot of respect for my brother-in-law a lot of hockey players but a lot of personalities from the 90s sean's career was big in the 90s and early 2000s so i'm friends with rick the temp campanelli oh right yeah so rick came on we had hal johnson for body break he came on to talk about you know just my brother-in-law and my wife her whole family they're trinidadian irish so their dad is trinidadian their mom's irish they were raised by their irish mother in the irish household um but of course they're you know they're people of color so that's how society looks at them so he was a man of color in the 90s and 2000s playing hockey which wasn't too common right it's still not too common But it definitely wasn't too common back then, right? So we try to use our podcast for that, to try to just bring awareness to the history of hockey, the history of black players in hockey, where it came from. And we're really big advocates for mental health awareness on our show. Like, because a lot of these guys are tough guys. Like, I can't get help. I can't reach out to anybody. I can't cry. I can't complain, right? I got to be tough. I always have to be tough. That's who I am. And it kills them hmm right they turn to Literally. alcohol yeah they turn to alcohol they turn to pills and then when they're done playing hockey they don't know anything else they played hockey since they were five years old they never had a job right they don't know anything else so this was a great outlet for my brother-in-law and um, it's we've met so many cool people through it and um, we've done a lot of charity work together going to like golf tournaments and stuff like that with it and uh, yeah it's built our relationship a lot stronger too and When he's busy, my mother-in-law is, you know, less worried, and my mother-in-law is an angel walking this earth, so if she's less worried. Then, then we're we're all happy. So yeah, it's called the Sheriff Podcast. Check it out on any platform. Definitely do that.
0: Definitely do that. I'm gonna go check that out actually. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm gonna subscribe to that. Um, That's fun. Danny man. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time and being with us Thank tonight. You guys. I know you've got your family waiting on you, so we're uh, not going to keep you for good. too too long. I've got a few more questions for you though. Please, uh, please. we ask three questions at the end of every episode to our guest. Uh, the first question is uh, something that you know about our challenge that we want to issue our viewers uh, or listeners. I still don't know if people are actually doing these challenges, but I like them because it gives me ideas, and I've done a few of them myself. I've taken a lot of them to heart. Um, do you have you do you remember the challenge that you wanted to issue?
1: Yeah, it was uh, just doing, was it doing a portrait for someone or doing something creative for someone and just giving it to them? Don't say anything. Like when COVID first started, I had a couple friends that were nurses. So I I did a bunch of portraits and I just sent it to them. Just sent it to them. Like it was a portrait with them with all their stuff on. Like I did one for my friend Claire Sutherland and it's with her mask on and everything. And I just sent it to her. And all the letter said was, thank you, Danny. That's it. That's all it said in it. No, no, like no explanation on why I did it. Or why I did it for them. It's just it's nice to do something creative for someone and just just to do it. Just randomly do it, right? So that's that's my challenge. Do something creative for someone. If it's like going to take in their portrait with your camera or doing a drawing for them or just doing something that doesn't cost you any money but's creative and you can use your talent to do it.
0: I like that I you that clarified and took it away from do a portrait of somebody and send it to them and made it do something creative because if I were to draw a portrait and send it to, let's say my wife, she wouldn't be too happy with me. Not with my portrait. <laughs> so something creative I can do. Yeah. yeah. But if I, if I tried to,
1: if I tried to grab a camera and do a headshot, it'd be the same thing, buddy. So. <laughs> awesome. I can't do that. All right. Well, that's a great one. Thank
0: you for that. And now the last two questions. The first one is... Tools of the trade. I think I might know what the answer would be, but it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It could be a mental thing. It could be something that gets you through the day. As you start to work, is there a saying that goes through your head? Is there something that you rely on every single time that you draw?
1: Yeah, those two little girls sitting there in the living room. Yeah, yeah. Every time I do something, I do everything I do in my life. I do for them, right? So I have a picture of them above my desk. And uh, I lost a buddy of mine a little bit ago, a gentleman named Johnny Gale, which, you know, Brian, he was he was one of the um, the voices for Super Kicked Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we tragically lost him not that long ago. And um, I have a poster of him hanging up on my wall. beside a picture of his mom holding the drawing I did of him. So that every time I do that, I look at him and I say, well, you know, I said, let's fucking do this, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the then that's what gets me going that's 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 my tools i got pins that i wear that have johnny on it t-shirts that have johnny on it he's he he was an inspiration to a lot of people whose life got cut really short for horrible reasons so i want to try to like after we lost him it pushed me even more to to try to be better because i knew him so that's my tools of the trade are my girls and telling johnny Gale, let's fucking do this
0: and that's what really spurred your art in wrestling, isn't it? The Johnny. Yeah. 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 The
1: Johnny was there. Johnny gotta, came. Yeah. You
0: know, she's going to destroy things, which is really bad because I've got like a light blocker here. So there.
1: Go. she okay, rules the roost anyways. There you,
3: there you
0: go, Dixie. Have some wind. Uh, there you go. Sorry. Sorry, Danny. Don't be. Don't
3: be. <laughs> don't be. Don't sorry. Be. Sorry. That was I, incredibly I, I, rude. I had to
1: open up a freezy, so don't be. <laughs> um, but, but yeah Johnny Johnny was a big fan of my art Johnny had a couple pieces of my art in his house and he came to my first um, wrestling art show and he was a big inspiration and then when he passed away right after that art show the second one was in his memory and it was nice his mom came to it and his brother and his, um, his father and a bunch of his friends and um, his mom was smiling and laughing and yeah she didn't smile and laugh for a long time no so. kidding yeah that's that awesome. was uh yeah that was so really powerful cool. yeah it's so i don't...
0: powerful what you can do with creativity in your mind
1: yeah oh. and if you, but you just do it do you know what i mean like and that's the thing like the last art show i did i you know there was a lot going on in my life with covid and everything and i wasn't i wasn't mentally prepared as i should have been for it we'll put it that way so it was a lot harder um but you do it right and then after i did it it felt so good Right. Like we raised over $2,000 for Sick Kids Hospital just with my artwork. Right. And and another thing that pushed me was I had a I had an art teacher. That told me I wouldn't amount to anything as an artist if I just drew what I loved. So what? That's why I draw what I love. He's like, Dan, you can't just always draw Elvis and wrestlers all the time. And I went, why not? Why not? (laughs) right you wanted to do an abstract painting that's what we're learning today here's an abstract painting of elvis you know you wanted to draw something to do with masks well hello wrestling right and then i remember him telling me that and it always stuck with me and then so that's why i draw what i love and another reason why i do it for charity because i'm drawing what i'm loving now and i'm drawing what i love and i've raised almost ten thousand dollars for children's hospitals so just want to do a little dance and go look what i can do exactly awesome Some, yeah
0: all right on to the third question the final question of the night and possibly the most important question <laughs> what's your jam <laughs> what's that song that just gets you amped and you can't skip past it's your five-star rated song at all times that one song that just every time you hear it makes you happy
1: it changes quite a bit right but you know what pumps me up is um Ball with a Ball" by kid rock uh-huh. That will do it. Yeah, yeah, that pumps me up pretty good. Um, you know what I've really been into lately? I used to tease my sisters because I loved eighties music because they're older than me, and I never liked eighties music, right? I was stuck on Elvis my whole life, right? Like I've just been stuck on Elvis. But "Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi is so freaking good, (laughs) right? That's like anthem song. (laughs) Yeah, I so yeah that or anything by Journey. I'll be honest with you.
2: Yeah, what's
3: taste. what's
1: your favorite elvis jam oh El- elvis has such different genres right yeah like when it comes to like the 70s stuff i really like just pretend um or in 69 a song called any day now i really like um anything raw from the 50s is just so good right like like 54 and like 55 when he's doing like Anna hayride And singing like a Maybelline, Baby, Let's Play House, um, it's just so raw, right? And that's the one thing about Elvis that I just, I just loved. But the more I get older, you know, when you get older, you change, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm more related to the older love ballads when I started getting older than listening to like the hardcore, well, hardcore Elvis stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Well, when people think of Elvis, they think of Jailhouse Rock and they think of, you know, a lot of different uppity up. Beat kind of uh, Elvis swinging his hips kind of music. Yeah, I know you know my mother-in-law Pauline. Of um, course I do. She is a huge Elvis fan. Um, huge. She still watches Elvis performances uh, when they uh, they just they play live. Uh, what's his name? Doug from uh, from England. I think she watches him. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, the song that she told me is her favorite, which blew my mind, was the song "Don't." Oh. And I didn't realize that. Even was a song, and I started listening to it, and it's totally in my daily playlist now. It's a great yeah,
1: game. yeah. Well, Elvis had like over four hundred some odd songs, right? So like, and not a lot of them were hit. Well, none of them were his. Let's be honest. <laughs> but <yeah>. like, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. I'll yeah, that one. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he, and and it's songs that relates to certain situations in your life too, right? Yeah. Like I I was blessed for both of my grandmothers to sing "Peace in the Valley." At their ceremonies when they passed Mm. away. So, like that song, even though I can't listen to it, because I can't listen to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Still means a lot to me. Right. So yeah. But yeah, I really like Promised Land is such a night. But we could go on for days with how many all the songs
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Awesome.
0: Danny, thank you so much, man. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Uh, Aurora, anything else you'd like to ask Danny before we say goodnight?
2: No, no. I just want to thank you for coming on. It's been a really great conversation with, uh, you know, art and uh, how uh, influential and how touching art can be in so many different ways. So I, uh, I really appreciate you being on
1: and opening up
2: about those things for sure too. And I hope you
1: have, I hope you have some aloe vera. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) do. (laughs) Danny, how can people follow
0: you and uh, see all the work that you've done? Just Danny Granger
1: art it's on everything instagram yeah, we'll twitter um facebook um yeah, that's mostly it. I just do the social media stuff quite a bit. I don't do i i, I had a I have a twitch account, but there's no point <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't play video games the, I got it because I was actually a special guest on trinity from the trailer park boys oh. so gianna canuck is a friend of mine and she has a twitch channel and she had the rock pile on there so they asked me to come on to be a special guest only reason why i have a twitch account um so yeah but instagram facebook it's all danny granger art awesome thank you
0: once last time aurora thank you for being here this week and thank you everybody who's watched this episode don't forget to like subscribe to our channel Share this with some friends and get out there and enjoy life, guys. Use your creativity and keep having fun. Take care, everyone. We'll see you all next week.